Hey, Zach, uh, got any Christmas plans? The usual. Tree. Nog. Roast beast. What about you? I don't know. I was thinking of trying to fight off hellish visions of my demonic past. Really? Didn't you do that last year? Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess I'll just try some microbangs. <gasps> no! You can't do that to yourself! Why not? I think they would really provide a nice mantelpiece for my forehead. I'm strong enough for bangs. Strong is fighting the bangs. It's hard, and it's every day. Is the front of my hair worth saving? Is it righteous hair? If I can't convince you that tiny bangs are wrong for you, I don't know what can. (sighs) Smack. On this week's episode, the Buffy gays make the Yuletide gay as we recap the 10th episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Amends. We'll share behind-the-scenes trivia while we hit play on the berry to entice Oz to be our first. We'll brood like a vampire haunted by the ghosts of Christmas past as we rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 states. And we'll discuss the queer themes and gayest moment of the episode after inviting our totally not bisexual friend to Christmas Eve dinner. So complain about the blistering heat, wrap some crappy gifts in newspaper, and get ready for a tale about forgiveness set during Christmas time. Groundbreaking. With your Hallmark... Wait, Buffy Gaze? <laughs> Buffy Gaze, yeah. Ring-a-ling-a-ling. Ring-a-ding-ding. Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth, we invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze! How's it going? It goes co- fucking cold. That's how it is. Oh, it's very, it's a very cold over here in Arkansas. We are in the single dis- digits, mm-hmm. which is out of out of the norm. Well, very out of the norm. It was like in the sixties the other day, yesterday, I think, no, two days ago. Yes, <laughs> that is true. It it dropped rapidly. Uh, yep, it's very cold over here. I was commenting the other day to you about how uh it's quite uh, serendipitous that we are doing this episode at this time mm. because it's going to come out the day after christmas serendipity da. yes so uh happy holidays or regular time if you don't uh, <laughs> celebrate any of the uh, winter holidays enjoy your time off work if yes you get such uh to to have time off of work and not have to worry about holiday shit mm. tis the dream you know, right. whatever that means. Tis the season. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. All right, Zach, do you have some trivia about amends for mm-hmm. us? Except I got to scroll all the way back to the top. Okay. Amends first aired on Tuesday, December 15th, 1998. The episode was directed by Joss Whedon. <laughs> anyway, trivia. 
the only this is the only Christmas episode. Yes. Of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fun fact there. Uh, Giles makes a reference to the song "He's a Rebel" uh, by the band The Crystals. Yeah, that's what I thought. And whenever he says that quote, it's like uh, he's a rebel, rebel, and he'll never be mm-hmm. any good. That that brought me, I I guess Little Shop of Horrors references that mm. because it made me think of the song Dentist, where he goes, mm. "He's a dentist," or the the uh, the uh, Greek chorus, mm-hmm. the street urchins, Crystal Runner and Chiffon. They go, "He's a dentist, and he'll never ever be any good." <laughs> Who wants their teeth done by the Marquis de Sade? Anyway, that's what that made me think about. Nice. Uh, yeah, solid reference. I had uh, not. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a lot of trivia, actually. Uh, I have a couple <laughs> more. Um, so according to IMDb, the Bringers uh, look is heavily inspired or a nod to a movie called The Devil's Reign in 1975, <laughs> uh, which has like a satanic cult that has a similar look. It is very spooky. Spooky yuki dookie. I mean, it's not I mean, evil cult in robes, like, not original. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> anyway, so I'm like, how do you know it's referencing well, that? Well, that, what I was talking about question. specifically was the eyes, the runes yeah, on the yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, that part is pretty fucking creepy. And I, I mean, the runes on the eyes, if that's in that movie, then it makes sense well, to me to call that a the, reference. It talks about the eyeless bringers in back, black robes. It doesn't really go into what the similarities my assumption would be that it's the eyes (laughs) because that's really the only thing unique about them unique new york uh and then lastly this is the final appearance of jenny calendar the final appearance Uh, countdown. although technically this is not an appearance of jenny calendar it's the final appearance of her actor Mm. robia lamore at the time scott now i think robia scott Sounds so much less French. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all your trivia. That's my trivium. Uh, the episode was also written by Joss Whedon. Uh, surprisingly, this isn't an egregiously Buffy sad episode. Mm. So you know, props it's an angel to you. Sad episode. Yes, it is certainly an angel sad episode. All right, Zach. Do you want to give our disclaimer before we dive deep? Oh, never Zach, mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Dive deep into the episode. Dive deep into your bullet. Oh. oh. Right now? No. We don't have time. <laughs> uh, so it's time for us to move on to the segment where we dive deep into the episode, not Kyle's butt, and share our thoughts. Uh, don't worry if you haven't seen the whole series, though. There shan't be any spoilers you need to be afeared. We should only discuss up through this episode uh, and with allusions to any future in the cheekiest Future events in the cheekiest of foreshadowing. Only the cheekiest. Mm. So, let us begin. Yes, we get uh, previously on Buffy with like 10 million things about Angel. Mm. And like, the curse. And the curse. I can't control the curse. Kyle, please, you only make it worse. <laughs> All right. And yeah, and then Xander sucks. Um, we're reminded of that. Oh, the next time you give him a happy. Uh, right, Xander. which... which it was serving the purpose of uh, reminding everybody of the boinking part yes, of this curse. The, the boinking. Um, Very important. So anyway, and then we uh, cut to the cold open and I wrote, picture it. Dublin, 1838. 1838. <laughs> yes. So it's Christmas time in Dublin. There's a lot of snow on the ground. 
Some guy who we later know is uh, named Daniel is walking through the streets. He seems perturbed. There's Christmas carolers. There's Kermis carolers. That is correct. There's Chrysler carolers. And and, uh, Angel in vamp face pulls Daniel into an alleyway and he says, I'm hungry and you're in me dit. He's using his Irish accent now. And I was like, not a goatee. Yes, he has a goatee. That's true. Like an evil goatee. Evil angel likes facial hair, I guess. But he he has his regular head hair in the beginning though, right? Head hair? Like the hair on his head. I don't understand the question. It's normal. It's not the long hair that we see later, right? No, I think it's long hair. Oh, okay. Maybe it's long hair. I forgot. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't have the spiky 90s hair. That would be weird. True. Although Daniel's haircut does give a lot of and 90s he had, It doesn't seem very... Did he have long hair in his flashbacks in Becoming? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think he did. Yeah, yeah. He did? He did. Yeah, he has long hair in the olden times. Okay. Okay, well, I I feel like I shouldn't be forgetting about Taylor. I think he even had long hair when he was like in New York. It was like all scraggly. No, I mean he had longer hair. I think. Anyway, I can't remember. I mean, it wasn't as luxurious. I can't remember anything about Angel's hair, so I'm not going to make any claims. (laughs) So apparently, Daniel has swindled him at cards or something. He says people who play at cards should have intelligence or money, but you have neither. So he lifts him up by his clothes and the man starts to pray and he says daniel be of good cheer it's christmas and then he bites daniel and angel wakes up with a start (gasps) with no shirt on Mm. i just have to say real quick uh david boreanaz is like aggressively hairless like (laughs) it it just i just noticed it in this episode because like you will not see a trace of body hair on that man not on his limbs not on his chest. You know, I've never like made it a point to notice that before. And I was like, wow, I don't even see any stubble on this man. Like even present day when he's clean shaven, I barely any stubble on his face. You bring up a good point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the 90s. Like, it is the 90s. Body hair was like disgusting. You, and you have a natural part of your body. Right. Uh. And obviously he can do whatever he wants with his body hair. But I was like, is this man getting a wax a week or something? Like, I, I can't mm. even tell that hair has ever existed on his body. Hmm. And Maybe I mean, it is possible thing. that he is naturally hairless, but probably not. Just kidding. It's not a vampire thing. <laughs> right. Uh, it's also interesting. So like, because he doesn't have... A goatee, right? When he's turned into a vampire, like yes. when Darla <laughs> fires him. Uh huh. So that like raises this whole thing of like, so their hair keeps growing. Yeah. So Spike actually does have to keep dyeing his hair. So it's no like it's not like a Claudia situation from Interview with the Vampire, right? Where she's just frozen, or like a Twilight thing, right? So yeah, very interesting. They probably didn't really put any. Do the Twilight into vampires hair? Not I don't think so. They're like their whole thing is that they're dead. Like their like whole body Frozen is dead, and they don't have like yeah. Even though yeah, anyway, but hot. Yeah, we're dead and we're hot. Being the anti vampire makes you. And hot. we're all skinny. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Angel present day strolling through the Christmas decorated streets in Sunnydale, and he ba- bumps in. There I are, almost said he bangs into Buffy. There are carolers again. Yes, there are more carolers. I almost said he bangs into Buffy because <laughs> of Buffy's. Bangs. I wrote in all caps. The bangs. The bangs are here. Wait. Okay. Now listen. I have to. St- we have to start this bangs watch. Okay. okay. <laughs> they. I feel like they 
come and go. They do. They absolutely do. Like, like sometimes they hide them. Yeah. When there's a couple of shots where it's like, okay, now it just looks like they've gotten some longer pieces of hair uh-huh. to cover them up. But then other times they're just gone. I feel like it's a different hairstyle. It's yeah. like she got, it's like this was shot with two different hairstyles. Right. Like what was, <laughs> did she, did Sarah Michelle Geller get like an unauthorized haircut or something? Oh, and this is what I guessed about earlier. And I was like, no, I'm going to wait and talk about it now. Uh-huh. So she made a post during quarantine and it was a picture <gasps> yes, of this. Yes, 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 she did. Right, and it's... it said some of y'all's quarantine haircuts be looking like, <laughs> and it so was a funny. picture of the bangs. Uh, she posted that very recently, too. Mm. Uh, something about, I don't know, because it's getting close to Christmas or something. She put oh, it on her Insta stories, or maybe even I was post. reading uh, a, I don't know, some gossipy whatever publication online and they mm-hmm. said david boreanis responded to that's the or to it with that's the t what <laughs> i don't understand oh wait versus to, responded to, to that post gotcha, post gotcha 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 what did you, think I, was talking about? <laughs> I thought you were talking about on set responding to yes her hair. on set he was like and that's the t girl like, what <laughs> and he was like snapping snap, snap. and just well, sashayed away well david boreanis is really ahead of his time mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have you guys Buffy. Guys didn't know David Boreanaz is a drag queen, right? We have Buffy with tiny bangs, um, and she's like, "You're probably not shopping." And he's like, "I couldn't sleep." Uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, vampires probably aren't big on Christmas." And she's like, "Hey, are you doing okay?" And he says, "Yeah, I'm doing all right. How about you?" She's just getting some Christmas gifts for the gang, and then Angel sees an apparition of Daniel on the street. <gasps> Gasp! But and Buffy notices, she, and she like looks over she, her shoulder, and she's like, "Hey, what's going on?" But he just runs off. Mm. And then we cut to the intro. I wrote spooked angel is spooked. Yes, so angel is spooked. He's having nightmares. He's seeing apparitions. What could be happening? Mm. What could be happening to angel? What in the dickens? Uh, at school. <laughs> what in the dickens? That is <laughs> what in the Charles Dickens. Uh, Willow, Xander, and Buffy are leaving class at school. There's a very elaborate wreath on the door. Oh, yes. There's like just so much of like, hey, guys. It's, it's Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Hey sis, it's Christmas. Wish list. You just activated Siri. Oh, this Christmas. Where are my background singers? Where are my background singers? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Buffy is talking about uh, Angel being weird, and Xander's like, "Angel weird? What are the odds?" Which you know, I gotta, mm. I gotta give it to Xander yeah. there. <laughs> it was okay, and then he had to be dick, more dickish about it. But yeah, that I noticed too that the WP sticker is back. Uh-huh. More WPs. Uh, and they ask why she doesn't talk to Giles about it, but she doesn't want to bother him with Angel stuff. He's still kind of twitchy about Angel. And then Xander, again, is like, oh, maybe it's because he uh, killed his girlfriend and tortured him. And Buffy, finally, someone gets a shut the fuck up Xander moment. Yeah. And Buffy's like, Xander, enough. Right, exactly. <laughs> Well, it's so funny to me how this show is still like really selective about like no Angel was a vampire that's different that's not him, and like just so flip floppy all the time about like yeah no, that was Angel it's really we have his fault to, he's the same guy we have to end. wait until the scene with Giles to talk about that because I have so much to mm-hmm. say <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, I was this t- it was around this time I was like why is Buffy carrying a paper bag. But then later, um, they talk about the tree, the nog, or the roast beast. Uh, 
they talk about Willow being Jewish and not everyone worships Santa. Yes. And then uh, while uh, Xander is having his little moment with Cordelia, she's putting canned food into like a food drive box oh. behind them. So that's why she had that. I was like, what the fuck is she carrying this Yeah, I didn't bag? get that either. I was like, did she bring her lunch? Yeah, let's not just let's not just skip past the whole... Uh, first of all, Buffy's like, I was trying to do the right thing and like stay away from him and now this mm. stuff is happening. And then also the... Uh, uh, so what are you doing at Christmas Willow? I'm, I'm Jewish. Not everyone worships Santa. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Right. And then uh, Buffy's like, yeah, I know. I just meant like, what are you doing for the holiday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the break or whatever. Uh, so I also thought worship Santa was kind of funny as like a... Like worship Satan? Yeah, like a play on that. And like how there's like these kind of, not really, but sort of pseudo satanic priests in this episode. Yes. Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about it that way. Uh, so Cordelia's getting up and like starting to leave as Xander talks about his annual Christmas Eve camp out where he sleeps outside uh, and he's like trying to like say it as like a thing he chooses to do and Cordelia interrupts and she's like, I thought you wanted to do it to get away from your family's drunken Christmas fights. <laughs> and he's like, and that's a confidence I was hoping you'd share with everyone, <laughs> which is very rude of Cordelia to mention. Right. Very petty. Um, you know, I'm still not at the point where I want to be mad at Cordelia for being mean to Xander, though. So. I feel like, yeah, it's funny because I feel like Buffy's interaction with her is where she's like, she's like, wow, Cordelia is an asshole again. But then she's also feel like, I don't know. I just I just felt that her, she's like, but it's justified. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because she's like kind of calling it out, but like not still not like in a judgmental way so much. This is the most explicit we've ever gotten about Xander's home life so far, mm. I believe. Like uh, the the biggest thing before this I can think of is uh, Willow asking if they even own a stove. Oh, Um but yeah, I we don't really we don't usually get such explicit comments about uh, his home life. So uh, apparently, his family has a problem with drunken Christmas fights, mm. and he so bad that he wants to sleep outside. Poor Xander. Rip. I also like how Cordelia is talking about going skiing and all that stuff with actual snow, and she's like, "I hope you guys will have fun in Sweaty Dale." They make a huge point in that this it's episode so hot. that it is it's so hot, and I'm like. Like I understand that it can be warm during Christmas in California, but how hot does it get? Like, can it be? Is it? Can it really be sweltering in December mm. like this? Mm, probably, maybe. Like, how hot? Like, is it like? Is it eighty degrees or something? Mm. Like, well, but also I wonder too. Like, do they have? Because California mostly is pretty temperate, right? I mean, uh-huh. I know there's like deserty parts, but I mean, for them, it, what is hot? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't. Because Arkansas, you mean, gets up like into the hundred teens sometimes. Yeah. With like 100% humidity. So. Right, right, right. Uh, and it's not raining. It's just that fucking humid. So like uh, they could just be, be being babies about it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it, it confuses me. I'm not really sure. I, I should have looked up <laughs> historical December temperatures or something. I mean, I'm sure it gets, it can get super hot there too. Yeah. And I, but I know like a lot of people on the West Coast, right? They don't have like air conditioning in their house because it's generally not that hot. Are you sure? Anyway, like probably. Well, that might be more like in the like 
Washington State, Oregon kind of area. I I have no idea. It just I'm just like, is it? Can it really be blistering heat in December, even in California? Uh, like if you're used to 60s and 70s all the time, then 80s and 90s would be like true. But death. is it? What my question is: Is it going to be that hot in December in this area of the country? Mm. Like, Probably we're talking about this too long. So yeah, I, I yes, I like to I liked Cordelia's comment. She's like, I'm thinking of you. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, and Buffy's like, she certainly has reverted to form, and that's when Willow's like, yeah, we have to cut her some slack. Call it the Hanukkah spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. Forgiveness is a big theme with me this year because of the. And then Oz comes up, and she's like, and he says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> also, Willow's wearing. Oh, and she says, hey. Yes, <laughs> and uh, Will is wearing her Star of David necklace. Oh, I didn't notice that. And I was like, I was like, did she put that on so people would like put the brakes on the Merry Christmas bullshit? Right, probably. Uh, it's like uh, I don't know what's a really straight thing you could wear a pride pin to to make sure people don't think you're straight. Church, <laughs> yes. sports, yes, sports yes. church. It's like wearing it's like wearing a pride pin to sports church. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut to an empty classroom with only Willow and Oz and Oz is talking about how it felt seeing her with Xander and uh, how now it uh, and she's she's saying oh that's the past it's over and he's like well you have history uh, and I don't know that anything ever will be over between you two uh, but I miss you every second. It's like I lost an arm or a torso, and I think I'd be willing to give it a shot. And Willow's very excited about this, and she's like, "Do you want us to hug now?" And they do. They hug. It's very it sweet. sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so nice, sweet. nice little sweet music in the background. And then we go Christmas tree shopping, and the bangs have mysteriously vanished. Yes, yeah, so she has the bangs like they're like swept to the sides or something this, like that. This scene in particular, I was like, they're just gone. Yeah, I have. I don't think because the way they are, right, like <laughs> cut across the front. Yeah, like it that. seems I don't see like how you, you could hide them. Yeah, that's what I was like. Did she cut a haircut in the middle of filming this episode? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm not a hairstylist. I don't have long hair, so I don't know. Maybe you can. There are tricks and things you can do to hide something like this but it just does fully does not look like the bangs are the true same. uh it's very funny there's a guy uh with a machine like blowing snow onto one of the trees and uh, joyce asks buffy if she wants one with snow on it and buffy says i think those are just for display and i was like <laughs> what the, that why <laughs> she just doesn't want it yeah yeah but uh, that's a that's a very flimsy excuse if the case because like it just doesn't make any sense to Mm. just for anyway (laughs) um joyce mentions that maybe they should invite faith for dinner on christmas eve and buffy's like uh we don't really hang out or make (laughs) eye contact lately and uh joyce is like oh so she's just gonna spend it all by herself in that dingy motel room and (laughs) buffy's like you're still good at a guilt trip mom (laughs) And so she agrees to ask Faith. And then Buffy brings up Giles and Joyce is immediately like, no, I'm sure he's fine. She shuts that shit down. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, he doesn't want to spend Christmas Eve with a bunch of girls. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Very aggressive. Very aggressive. I never realized uh, this trend that starts kind of. Yeah, they're like trying to avoid each other. Uh Like I never realized how intense it was. Uh It's very funny. I love it. Or I had forgotten, I guess. 
And uh, then Buffy sees something and like walks slowly toward it. And it turns out to be a bunch of dead trees. Mm. And the guy who owns this place is like, yeah, they died. I don't know why, but I can get you a hell of a deal. <laughs> hell of a deal. Hell. <laughs> and then Joyce calls Buffy over and she leaves. And then we get this crazy vertigo. Uh, another satanic panic propaganda film. It's like, it looks like they've got the camera just spinning around on a stick Mm -hmm. and then we see the we see the face of one of the monks Mm -hmm. monk looking guys with runes on their eyes and chanting and then angel shirtless angel wakes with a start again yes my shirt (laughs) he he was actually he he was actually sleeping in a shirt but when he woke up from the nightmare it just flies off of him (laughs) (laughs) yep it just goes oh my gosh that would be so funny as like a parody thing like Anytime someone's surprised, their shirt just like flies off of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially for like Angel because he's shirtless so often. Mm. And this, he wasn't shirtless a lot previously. Like he was occasionally. But this season, he, he ain't got no shirt. Mm. And sometimes not even any pants. Sometimes not even pants. Uh, we wish he never had pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Buffy uh, comes into Faith's hotel room while Faith is whacking her TV trying to get it to work. And Faith's like, oh, what's going on, scary monsters? And Buffy's like, no. She invites her over for dinner. And Faith's like, your mom sent you, huh? And Buffy lies and says no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Faith's like, yeah, thanks, but I've been invited to a big Christmas party. That totally exists. Yes, <laughs> that totally exists. Uh, Buffy's like, okay, if you change your mind. And Faith, Faith just says again, she's like, well, I got that big party, so... Uh, Buffy then compliments the Christmas lights that Faith has strung up around her Mm -hmm. room. And uh, Faith says, yeah, well, tis the season, whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I thought was funny. (laughs) Has Faith never heard the song, tis the season to be jolly? That's what that means. Maybe she doesn't understand jollity. Maybe she, maybe Faith has never been happy in her entire life. Or she's just only seen it in the shortened version. Is the season? Yeah, well, that's what I said. Has she never heard the song? Maybe not. Um, she doesn't seem like she had a happy childhood full of Christmas carols. Right. Is this the first time we've seen Faith since, uh, since Revelations? She wasn't in eight or nine, was she? I don't think she was. They Wait. talked about her in The Wish. And she definitely was not in The Wish. No. And I don't think she was in the episode after Revelations either. Which Lover's was? Walk. Yeah, Lover, yeah, she wasn't in Lover's Walk either. So this is the first time we've seen her mm. since Revelations. Mm. Uh, and that was when uh, their the re- their relationship took a little bit of a nosedive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're interacting again, and it's relatively cordial. We'll see how this develops. Uh, so we see Giles uh, in the middle of cooking in his apartment, and he hears a knock at his door. I called s- this scene Sexy Chef Giles. Sexy Chef Giles. And I also wrote uh, Hot at Home Giles. Hot at Home nose. Giles. So what's so sexy about him? I don't, he was just giving it. He was giving it? Well, he was wearing those like suspenders, but like down suspenders. Oh, down suspenders. Those are enjoying good. the butt, you know? <laughs> yes. And uh, no, I was just, I don't know. I was just like, damn, Giles is just. Really flooded my basement in this episode. Zach saw a man cooking and he's like, man, I wish my boyfriend would do that. Mm, Sauce me. (laughs) Uh, So he opens the door and his face falls because it's Angel. 
And Angel's like, I'm sorry to bother you. And Giles is like, <laughs> it's rich coming from you. That phrase strikes me as funny. Mm. And then Angel says, I need your help. And he says, the funniness knows no end or and something says, like and that. And the funny keeps on coming. And okay, before we get into the rest of the scene, I just have to say, like, Giles is being a little bitch here. <laughs> it's kind of a lot. Like, I understand your trauma, Giles. But like, I, this, what, this is, <laughs> this is not the person who tortured you, clearly. Right. And I just don't like this weird adamance like Giles has with like hating on Angel is really starting to grate on my nerves. I think it's just like, I mean, it's obviously just there for drama. Right. Like, uh huh. To like intensify things. But it's just weird. It's too much. Like, I cannot like he can express the fact that he's traumatized and like maybe even afraid. I I would even be fine with him being afraid that this was soulless angel like trying to like fuck them over or something. But he's just like being this condescending like snobby like toxic masculinity bullshit is really annoying to me and mm. I hate it. So but also sexy. Yes, but also sexy. Uh, Giles uh, walks away for a second while Angel's like, I know I have no right to ask, but there's no one else. And then he's like, you have to invite me for me to come in because he can't see Giles. And Giles comes back with a crossbow and he's like, I know. And he invites him on in. Uh, Angel explains about his dreams, about the past he's been having, like he's living it. They're very vivid. And he says he needs to know why he's back, uh, back on Earth. Uh, he says he should be suffering an eternity of torture. And Giles is like, oh, I'm not inclined to argue. Shut the fuck up, Giles. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, it's all, It's just a lot. It's so much. Especially like the you should be suffering in hell for eternity. Like, get a life, Giles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angel's like, but I'm not. I was freed and I don't know why. Uh, Giles says, uh, would that give you peace of mind? Is that something you ought to have? And uh, then Angel sees Jenny behind Giles. Uh, While he's looking at Jenny, Giles is like, last time you became complacent about your existence, it turned out rather badly. He actually said before that, because, sir, to be blunt. (laughs) I thought was really funny. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you dressing in parliament? He's really laying it on thick. Yeah, Um, it's kind of a lot. And Angel's like, don't you see her? Giles cannot see her. And then Angel leaves in a hurry after saying, I can't. Mm. I can't. (laughs) Lots of Frozen in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just again, like Giles. At the end. What? The snow glows white. Yes. At the end. Uh (laughs) Uh, Uh-huh. So just again, Giles, get a grip. Like, calm the fuck down. This is... This is a lot. So we cut to Angel uh, in bed. He has another flashback. There's a fancy party. There's red punch that I think is supposed to look kind of like blood. Mm. And Angel is harassing a woman named Margaret. She's like, I need to return to the party. If this happens, like my sons, I'll be out of a job. Uh, Please, I have a son. Just begging with him. The sort of undertone here is that he's going to sexually assault her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then he ends up going vamp face. And she's like, please, sir, my son. And he's like, he'll make a nice Then he just murders her. Yes. And then he just murders her. So he feeds on her very quickly. (laughs) 
was like, did he just kill her with a bite? Did he actually feed on her? It happened really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, w- then in front of him, he sees Buffy, and he's in so scared. He's so scared by his tiny bangs. He wakes up. His tiny bangs. <laughs> Her tiny bangs. He wakes up. Bangs. Bangs. Yeah. I can never speak when we do this. Uh, and such a impediment. Yes, <laughs> and Buffy uh, start starts awake as well. I'm trying to say things that aren't wakes with a start, and I don't, I don't know how to You'd say that. You say suddenly she woke with a start. Suddenly she woke with a start. Uh, so she Buffy rose was from her bed to see what was the matter. Yes, so Buffy was actually in the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very interesting to but me. But she wakes up with no bangs. She has bangs in the dream and wakes up with no bangs. The bangs are gone. They're gone. Poof. Poof. Uh, beats me, man. I have no idea. Do you think the editors were just like, nobody knows, nobody knows, nobody knows, nobody knows? Probably. I mean, <laughs> I it can't have been a choice. There's no way. So uh, uh, it's very interesting. I, uh, I wonder if this is just a Slayer power thing or if it's like a Buffy Angel connection thing or a combination of them both. I think... That they don't go into it just a ton. Uh huh. But the Slayer obviously has like some like kind of clairvoyance, psychic power thing. Mm hmm. And in the show, it seems to be centered mostly around like really big evil things happening. Yeah. And I mean, here in this episode, we find out at the end it's the first. It is, is the, the big evil things yes, happening. Yes, exactly. So, like, I could see you just saying, well, her powers are kind of kicking in because the first is involved. Mm-hmm. I could also see she just kind of has this sort of psychic ability because of her, or, like, it's also enhanced because of her connection to Angel. I think all mm-hmm. of that is true. Yeah, I agree. I think it's some sort of, like, crazy magical mix. Well, because in Innocence and everything, and Surprise... She had the dreams, right, about Angel, which Angel was going to become, like, this big villain. Uh-huh. But but I think their connection enhances it. Yeah, I, I believe that to be the case as well. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Angel, unfortunately, puts on a shirt after waking up, <laughs> and he goes into the fireplace room. What would you call this room? The, the lounge. The drawing room. The drawing room. <laughs> The fireplace room. The formal living room. I don't know. It's a mansion. <laughs> yes. There's lots of rooms. <laughs> yes. And he sees Jenny there and he says, you're not here. And she says, I'm always here. He tells her to leave him alone. And she says, I can't. You won't let me. Uh, and he says something like, I don't want this. And she says, I wanted to die in bed surrounded by fat grandchildren. But I guess that's off the menu. Mm-hmm. And Angel's saying he's sorry, and she's like, uh, for me, don't bother, I'm dead. If you want to feel sorry for someone, feel sorry for yourself, uh, but you've got that covered already. I wrote in my notes, he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry, sorry my ass! Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I really like how Jenny is like the point man for the first. Uh-huh. Like, she is the main like the, the main first. apparition, but then like it, I the way that it morphs into these other dead people is so creepy. It is super creepy. But like, is this the one with the business suit guy? Does or does that happen in the no, next? No, that time? happens later. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, she's like, uh, oh, she morphs into Daniel. I wrote that. 
Mm -hmm. Because she's the most recent, like, big, big kill Mm -hmm. and, like, the one that really had the biggest effect on the people he knew personally. Mm-hmm. So, well, and it's like a big gut punch for peop for fans and like people who've been watching. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you you're definitely not expecting to see Jenny in this episode mm-hmm. and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And she's in the outfit she died in. And at this point we don't know that it's the first. Like mm-hmm. you're like, is this Jenny's ghost coming to torment him or something? Right. So, yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I, I can't imagine watching this not having known like what was going to happen. So uh, she says, I don't want to make you feel bad. And then she changes into Daniel from the beginning. And she says, I just want to show you who you are. Mm. And that's the whole thing. The whole thing that uh, the first is trying to do right now is trying to convince him that he ooh, that he is not as ooh. good as he would like to be. So we cut to the library. Buffy is telling Giles about being in Angel's dream. And uh, Giles is like, I know there's something wrong with him. I've seen him and he wants to know why he came back. Do you remember Buffy's look in this scene? Nope. It's like kind of a purple, like lilac lacy kind of top. Mm -hmm. And then like a long dark skirt. Yeah. And it was giving very Florence in the machine. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Brought it up. (laughs) Uh, So Buffy's like, can we find out why you got here? And Jaws is like... the bangs, of course, are back. uh Uh-huh. And Jaws is like, "Uh, maybe I've been looking. Buffy wants to help. And she's like, I'm not seeing him anymore. I'm trying to put this behind me, and I can't while we're doing guest spots in each other's dreams, which is a very good point. Mm. Uh, So they decide they're going to help, and Xander pops in. He's like, where do we start? And he's like, I, d- I don't know, maybe I've got the Hanukkah spirit, uh, but I want to help. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Xander. And he says, I haven't been, th- or he hasn't been the mostest best friend when it comes to Angel. I was like, no shit. You think, Xander? Jesus fucking Christ. Are also, they- he's wearing a sweater that says rice flour on the back. Did you see that? <laughs> I did not see it's that. It's like plain on the front, uh-huh. but then the back has like a print, like it's, I guess, like a bag of rice flour. Oh. And it has like a... I don't know, some kind of, um, I can't think of the word. I don't know if kanji is the right word, but like it has like writing on it. I can't tell what language huh. it is, but interesting. Uh, it's, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> why I, is it all in the back? Yeah, I have no idea. I did not notice that at all. Also, like, there's so much warm clothing in this episode for it to be as hot as they're saying. Yeah, I know. Buffy's wearing like a full trench coat earlier. Yeah. Or, well, not, not a trench coat. There's another like coat. There's another outfit later I, I am going to point out as was well. It a trench coat? I don't it was know. like shin length. It was long. Something like that. So, <laughs> um, so thank God Xander is finally not being a gigantic asshole. Mm, at for least. once. Yeah, it took him forever. So uh, Giles doles out the books. Um, he has little decorations. Did you notice? I did not notice. There's like a little red bow on his filing cabinet, and there's garlands and stuff everywhere. There's even. I mean, I guess s- I did notice, but they're just Christmas. There's a stocking that says Mister Giles. Oh, I did see that. I, n- I noticed that specifically. Uh, so they start researching. Willow comes in and helps as well. And uh, Xander's like, "This is the most exciting thing I've got planned," because uh, his only other plans are sleeping outside on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So we get a montage of research. And oh, he said, "He says to uh, wait. Oh shit, where'd he go? Oh, he says." 
who else can claim that pathetic of a social life? And then Willow walks around the corner and is like, hey, oh. guys. <laughs> I didn't even catch that as a joke. Oh, it's funny. Did you talk about the beats? The beats? Giles hands out a book and he's like, you can skip the passages oh. on his garden unless you're keen on growing heartier beats. Yes. Which I thought was funny. so funny. And I was like, Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so uh buffy and willow are now talking about oz and xander uh and a little break from their research uh willow tells buffy how oz is coming over on christmas eve while her parents are out of town and i understand they're jewish and they don't have like family plans for christmas but like where are they going that's not completely shut down on christmas eve like what are they doing Mm. maybe they're seeing their other jewish family Maybe in other parts of the world. But if they were seeing family, why wouldn't they bring Willow? Anyway. Maybe in other parts of the world, every single thing doesn't close down just because it's Christmas. Uh, uh, Those other... uh, They could be traveling overseas, I guess. (laughs) I mean, even in other parts of the country, I think. Are there? Yeah. I mean, I know they're like... But they're out of town. I just want to know what they're doing. (laughs) On Christmas Eve out of town in America. Mm. Like... I don't mind if people do things on Christmas Eve. It just seems difficult, you know? <laughs> I, I, I personally, anyway, <laughs> it's not like I have, I'm anyway. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Uh, so she funny. mentions her plans with Oz. Buffy's like, that's good. You guys are back. And Willow says it's perfect in an awkward, uncomfortable sort of way. She doesn't know how, how to make him trust her. And uh, Buffy's like, well, yeah, Xander has a piece of you that Oz can't touch. And uh, now you just need to show the Oz that he comes first. Uh, and so Willow starts to uh, said, grab the book. She said, hey, he liked his beats. And yes. Buffy said, I read that one already. We're not getting any closer. <laughs> so they read the part of the, about the beats. Even though Giles said he could, <laughs> yeah, they could skip. <laughs> That's very funny. They were like, maybe something about these beats could help. Yes. Uh, so we see Angel fall to the ground in the mansion. And some random dude, a guy we have not seen a flashback for, and also, it's like present day kind of business attire. So that would have had to be somebody he killed after the curse was broken with Buffy. Yeah, right. I, w- I hadn't even thought about it that way. Yeah, I was like, it has to have been. So Angelus was just going out and doing a few extra brutal murders on the side, I guess. I mean, he did talk about having to uh, murder a toddler to get the taste of Buffy out of his mouth. That's so true. Maybe that was the toddler. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the guy is telling a story about how he bent down to kiss his kids, kids good night or something. And they were cold. And then angel grabbed him by the shoulder. And he thought who would go to the trouble to arrange them like that. And then he changes to Margaret from the other flashback. And she says, that's what makes you different. They killed a feed, but you take pleasure in it. You take more pleasure in it than any beast that walks or crawls. Yes. Uh And I was like, Angel's a cat. Yes. And he starts to get really distraught. And she's like, cry out, make a scene. Mm -hmm. Because that's what he was telling her her in Mm -hmm. his flashback. Because she was like, let's not make a scene. I don't want to lose my job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then uh, he turns into Daniel upon turning around and he's like i was to be married but you knew that 
Angel says, that wasn't me. He turns into Jenny. He insists it wasn't. A demon isn't a man. I was a man once. And, and she, she says, goes back to the, and she's like, and what a man you were. And it does that flash- A drunken, whoring layabout. No, it does a flashback first with the like oompa pa like Oktoberfest music. Yes. And, like, a woman dancing on a table and him passing out drunk. Yes. And then uh, it does the flashback and he's like, I never had a chance. And she's like, to die of syphilis. Yes, that was very funny. Well, first of all, like she calls him a whore. So that's one reason. But also Mm. all the people were dying of syphilis back then. Whoring, though, I think is not calling him a whore. Saying he he, Oh, excuse me. We we don't call men whores. That's too far. Yeah, we can't hurt their their man. Calling a man a whore is almost like calling him a drag queen because Mm. only women can be whores. And then if there are drag queens, then we have all kinds of problems on our hands. You treat women like whores, but you're the whore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got our Frozen references. We've got our uh, craft references. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And we ain't talking about mac and cheese. Yes. So she says, you were worthless to begin with before you ever a monster and angel's distraught he's grabbing his hair and he's yelling at her to stop it and she says cruelty's the only thing you ever had a true talent for uh she says you mistake it for a curse it's not it's your destiny i'll show you and she strokes her his hair destiny Destiny. yeah more destiny interesting after the wish first strokes his hair isn't it it Sure is. No, you don't know what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, So Table that for a few seasons. (laughs) All right. So we cut to some late night research. Willow is asleep in a chair. Uh, Buffy's asleep in the stacks. Giles seems to have realized something and grabs a book. He had a epiphany. Yes. Uh, We see Angel asleep on a table in the mansion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we see Buffy wake up. Well, he was kind of laying down on it too in the last scene. Yeah, he was. Uh, we see Buffy wake up in her bed, mm-hmm. and Angel is there, and they touch hands and they kiss. They undress she's each other. She's in this very like kind of really light, sort of super pale blue, almost uh-huh. silver or white, and then he's all in black. Oh yeah, they are. And then uh-huh. it turns into a six dream. Yes, they start to have dream sex. Dream sex. <laughs> and but then a man in a robe and those rune eyes appears. Then Angel mm. vamps out and bites Buffy and they both wake up scared <laughs> with scary. a start. <laughs> uh so Jenny says, "You want her? Take her. Pour that frustration and guilt into her and you'll be free. You can't live for eternity with all that pain. This is what you are. This is why we brought you back. Take her and then you'll be ready to kill her." And then there's a close-up on his face. And we cut to break. So that was very interesting to me that the first claims that they... Well, the first says we. Yeah. Not we. I. That's why we brought you back. And I was like, who's we? Got and I was like, just... What? <laughs> Nothing. No, I demand that you explain yourself. I said, you interrupted we? me. You I have said, to. said, who's we? You got a turd in your pocket? It's a thing my friend used to say. Oh, I, who's we? Got a turd in your pocket. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yes. But um, uh, my, my only thought for why the first would say this is because of the monks. Like the, like monk, the harbingers we learn later that they're called. I think that's a very good point. I think it could also be something else. Well, I have another idea, but that I can't really say anything right. about. 
So I just thought that was uh, an interesting comment. Uh, after we cut back from break, uh, Giles is showing Buffy some letters that contain references to an ancient power known as the first. The first what? Evil. It's weird yeah. that he would not say that at the first time he mentions it. Like, he's just like, called the first. And she's like, the first what? Evil. Like, why wouldn't you just say it Say it in the first place? Anyway. it's called the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously that's going to be a question, you know? It's more dramatic. So, <laughs> right. So he says that uh, the first is older than man and demons, and it could have the power to bring Angel back. And Buffy mentions the robed guy she saw in her dream just then. And he's like, you had a dream with Angel? What happened? And she's like, eh, nothing. <laughs> she just kind of ignores. Mm. She doesn't answer his <laughs> question. And uh, she says, we don't need to get sidetracked talking about my hot sex dream. Yeah, right. Exactly. With biting. Uh-huh. That was loud. Uh-huh. Very. You're very. Uh, so he tells her that they're known as the bringers or the harbingers and they're high priests of the first. They can conjure spirit mani- manifestations of the first and send them to people, influence them and haunt them. And he says, you can't fight the first. It's not a physical being, but they can fight the priest guys if they can find them. And yet she stroked his face in his hair. She stroked his face in his hair. The first. Yeah, I'm still, still not getting that. <laughs> he just said the first is not a physical being. Oh, well, I mean, they're conjuring a manifestation. It's like a poltergeist kind of thing. Anyway, mm. I don't, I don't think that's a... <laughs> I personally don't believe that to be a huge deal, but right. uh, it's more and like, I don't know, like, are they supposed to use a special effect to make it look like his hair isn't moving or something like the first could still like do that as a gesture without actually being able to touch him. Hmm. Okay. I feel like there's, I, if, I wish you hadn't mentioned this because now I don't, I don't, I thought that was what, why the reason you mentioned it in the first place. And now it seems like there's more. So I'm just not going to follow that line anymore. <laughs> so they go into Willie's bar and he says immediately, Hey, it's the Slayer. <laughs> and Isn't so it's a fine song and dance. And so a couple vampires are like, Oh my God. And they leave. <laughs> it's so funny. I didn't even notice that. Uh, and they ask him how he's been. He's like, keeping out of trouble. You want a couple drinks? Uh, and Xander starts to order a double shot of something. I was like, Xander, are, have you drunk alcohol or are you just trying to like get some right now? And he said, of information, pal. Yes. Because he looks at Buffy's face and she's like, Xander, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> Buffy asks about the priests and uh, he's like, I have no idea. Uh, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she mentions that they've been holed up underground somewhere, summoning the first. And he's like, I've heard a few things from the underground. Uh, There's been a lot of migration out of Sunnydale. Something's scaring them off. Uh, Maybe those priest guys are underground. And (laughs) so they figure that out. Uh, He doesn't really know any more helpful information. So they leave. And he's like, hey, kid. I was very intimidated to Xander. Yeah, and you well, you forgot the part too where he is talking. He says something to him. And he's like, "Does the threatening come now?" And then Buffy's like, "Maybe you shouldn't help." Yeah. Oh, and at one point, Willie's like, "It doesn't ring a bell," and Xander's like, "I'll ring that bell for you." Yeah. That's <laughs> it. And then yeah, and then there he's like, 
Merry Christmas, because it's Christmas. Yes, it's Christmas. And then, and then when they walk outside, Xander's like, wow, it's so hot. It was nice and cool in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's such a weird... This little part of the scene is so weird. Which is particularly funny to me because he's wearing like a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Uh, so Buffy's like, well, we've got 14 million square miles of sewer and we know they're underground. And he's like, we also have a lot of natural cave formations and a gateway to hell. <laughs> Very funny. And uh, they're like, yeah, we're basically at square one. They don't know what to do. And <laughs> Xander's like, how about we deck the halls? <laughs> right. And he's like, it's Christmas. Yes, because it's Christmas and it's hot and it's Christmas and it's hot. It's hot and it's Christmas. It's hot Christmas. It's a hot California Christmas. Uh, and he reassures her that we'll catch them sooner or later. We see Oz enter Willow's house with videos and like th- at least three layers of clothing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what i wanted to talk about earlier he's wearing like a jacket over a button-down shirt over like a black shirt and mm-hmm. this is the, the clothes like make him like double his size mm-hmm. and also it's supposed to be sweltering in sunnydale right now why is he wearing layers it is odd he wears layers all the time there's always going to be a white guy inappropriately dressed for the weather that's true it's just a fact you drive a hard bargain zachary <laughs> so uh willow has uh put on the fireplace even though it's uh blistering in sunnydale right now there's candles lit she's in a red sexy dress i wrote sexy time couch willow yes there's With jazz barry playing yes barry manilow there's a lot of the slow spoken word mm-hmm. <laughs> and oz is like do you ever have that dream where you're in a play and it's in the middle and you don't know your lines or the plot and i was like willow does know that dream because it's one of her nightmares from nightmares that except that was an opera. opera and it's interesting though that i wonder if that'll come back that idea uh, at yep. any point we know willow has stage fright Mm. <laughs> just, just wonder i just wonder who knows not i mm, certainly, <laughs> certainly. Not I. <laughs> uh and uh, i wrote here what does she have chilling she has like a like a champagne bucket but it's like sodas there's like a sprite and yeah i was like else. i couldn't tell what was in yeah, there i wrote that down too it was really funny <laughs> <laughs> uh so she's like we're alone and together i wanted it to be special uh we're mature younger people so i'm ready to with you, we could do that thing. And he stands up and she's like, where are you going? She's ready to do that thing with her mouth that boys like. <laughs> yes. And he's like, I was, it was just a dramatic gesture. Uh, that's pretty special. And she tells him she wants to be with him first. And he, they're, they're both standing up at this point And he says, we should sit down again. <laughs> she's, that yeah, was that was funny. really funny too. Um, she, you've heard of the first evil. I want you to be my first but yeah, I thought of that as well. I was like, we have the first and we have Willow's first, possibly. <laughs> so um, she's like, I'm ready. And he tells her, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but uh, I'm not. And she's like, are you scared? I thought you'd done this before. And I was like, ooh, Oz has had sex And he said, before. I have. And I just wrote, Oz has totally fucked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> he says you look uh, i have but this is different you look great you got the berry working for you it's all good but when it happens i want it to be because we both need it to for the same reason you don't have to prove anything to me and she says well i just wanted you to know and he says i know 
I got the message, and then they kiss. It's a very sweet little scene. It's cute. Because partially, I mean, I'm sure Willow does want this a little bit. But also, it's like, a, ooh, let me make it up to him. And Xander never got to have sex with me. And so if Oz has sex with me, then he'll know I'm his. I just realized earlier I said Barry Manilow. You did, didn't you? I meant Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, that's good stuff. We got to leave that in. Yeah, that didn't sound right to me, but I just kind of kept going. Barry, yeah, Barry White. I meant Barry Manilow is a very different vibe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um uh, so I just thought this was a cute little scene and it's very reminiscent again of Innocence where they're waiting outside for Xander and Cordelia to get the rocket launcher. I've already, I've mentioned this very recently as well, but like when he's like, oh, it's not the right time to kiss. I want you to kiss me because you want to, not to make your friend jealous. <laughs> so <laughs> it's sort of like, again, Willow trying to do something like that's slightly uh, influenced by Xander in some way that he's like, stop. We need to both want this first. Mm, mm. Uh, also, like a little rude to the women, women or people in general that Oz has been with before, uh, to be like, yeah, I had sex with them, but uh, this is different. And, and I was like, oh, what? That he says that he literally says that. Yeah, but I mean, is it rude? I don't. I'm. I'm like, I don't know. This is different. Like, did you? Maybe anyway. he wants to savor it more. Savor it's not it. rude. No, I'm, I'm just thinking like, okay, so he, he had sex like, with them and he didn't feel this way about them? Or does did he not know until he had sex with them that he wanted to like them more first? That's, that's, that's my line of thought. Like, why did he have sex with them and won't have sex with her right now? I mean, I was just thinking of it as it was more about being horny and less about an emotional connection, probably, maybe. Well, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, oh, he didn't actually like those people as much as he likes Willow. Well, why is that rude? It's not super rude, I guess. I just think it's funny that, like, I had sex with all of those people because they were not special. (laughs) That's not what you said. But it's kind of the implication, it feels like. But you're special, so I want to wait to have sex with you. That's the vibe. That's like that's how it feels in my brain and so i'm like i I mean that's fair i don't i don't it doesn't come off that way to me but but also like the idea that you can't have like you have to wait for this especially if he's he he doesn't seem he says he's not ready for this and he seems to actually believe that willow is and so like i don't know it's like the weird idea that anyway it's just interesting to me, okay? <laughs> well, and I, I mean, I do think, too, he's supposed to be, like, the opposite of the horny teenage boy, right? Like, that's the whole point, uh-huh. or a big point of it, too. Like, he's not supposed to be, like, I just want to fuck you. And that's supposed to be, like, what makes him different and sets him apart. And, uh-huh. like, it's more romantic or whatever. Like, he's like, I want to, like, take our time and, like, get to a place. I yeah. mean, also, they did just kind of make up from her cheating on him. So that's true. That's true. So pretty valid. It would to make sense. Fuck right now. See, that makes the most sense to me, actually. Like instead of it being like, oh, you're so special. I need to have more time or something. But actually, it's just like that. I'm still like getting over these feelings about the cheating thing. That makes mm-hmm. more sense to me. So we cut to Buffy's house. Joyce is feeding the fireplace. And uh, Buffy's like, great, a roaring fire to keep away the blistering heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Joyce is like, I think it's nice. Maybe I should turn on the air conditioner. Yeah. 
And then she's like, angels on top again. And Buffy's like, who? And she's like, angel or star for the tree. Kyle's like, angel can top me. Anytime. I don't think I mentioned this during the sex stream. I was reminded of the tattoo. The tattoo on his back. And I was like, wait, so did good angel get the tattoo or evil angel? I don't know. I don't know. It's a question. (laughs) I don't know. But isn't it an interesting idea? I suppose, yeah. Like who got the tattoo? I would imagine it seems like a like a. Is that a real tattoo? Is that a David Boreanaz tattoo, or did they just decide they wanted Angel to have a tattoo? Why would he have a bird with an A on his back? I don't know. People get weird tattoos all the time. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I feel like. Wait. Yeah, I was probably bad Angel, right? It's probably Angelus who got the tattoo. I mean, who knows? Well, because. Would he have been able to get a tattoo like that in 19th century Ireland? Well, he was, he comes from 17th century Ireland, doesn't he? Excuse me, 17th century? No, he's only a couple centuries old, I thought. Oh, I thought he was from the 1600s. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. He's like 240 or something. Uh, so first of all, would he be able to get the tattoo in at that time? Uh, or would they have that design or whatever? But then I think they had tattoos back then, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sure. But like, would it have been this kind of tattoo? Would it have, mm. it been, have been so big? Would it have been as per- as permanent? Mm. I just don't know. Would that, they have made it that's with That's why paint? I'm asking. <laughs> or like uh, acid or cyanide or radium or something. Because they liked making shit out of poisonous shit. Uh-huh. But it also just doesn't seem like the kind of thing... Uh, like and someone from 1800s Ireland would get tattooed on them, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and then he was good for such a short time after that, and he already had the tattoo when he was It was, was like 100 years. Well, yeah, but he was living in sewers eating rats. Where didn't, would he, When he, would have, he have gotten a tattoo? You're saying he didn't have time for a tattoo. Well, <laughs> he didn't have time interacting with human beings to get a mm. tattoo. Mm. <laughs> so anyway i don't know that's what i'm saying though it's Those an interesting thought experiment like when uh-huh. who got it when and why i agree so the doorbell rings and it's faith uh, and she's like looks like that party was going to be a drag uh, i didn't really have anything you know and so uh faith comes in and gives buffy some gifts wrapped really nicely in like newspaper but they're crappy and she says they're crappy after Buffy thanks her, and then Buffy gives them to Joyce, and Joyce is like, oh, that's so thoughtful. They're crappy. One of them looks like a VHS tape. One of them is just like a stick. (laughs) I was like, did she get Buffy a recorder? Yeah, I was like, what is that? Uh, So Buffy goes upstairs uh, to get something, and she calls down to Joyce. She's like, don't touch yours or you'll know what it is. Mm. And I was like, "What, what what did Faith give Joyce? Or was it Buffy's present to Joyce? Uh, oh, I guess that's Cause possible. Because she said she was going to get Faith's presents. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so uh, Angel is in her room and she's very surprised to see him, of course. And she's like, what is it? He says he had to see her. He looks at the bed and he's like, I, you you shouldn't be. And he looks uh, at her neck and her chest. Mm. And... Uh, Jenny pops up and she says, she wants you to touch her. What are you waiting for? And he tells Buffy, you have to stay away from me. And Buffy's like, you came to see me to tell me that I can't see you. Uh, And she's like, Angel, something's doing this to 
to you. You just have to control it. I know you're confused. Uh, and he's like, you're the one who's confused. Sorry. So uh, Jenny tells Angel she wants you to taste her. Think of the peace. You'll never have to see us again. Uh, Buffy asks how she can help him. And uh, he tells her to leave him alone and dives out the window. But he could have been also speaking to the first when he said, leave me alone. Hmm. Or both of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Buffy quickly tells Faith to watch over her mom. And Buffy leaves to figure out what to do. So Buffy is now at Giles' house. She's like, we have to do something now. Find me the priest guys or something I can pummel. Uh, He's slipping and I think we're losing him. And Giles is like, you realize if he becomes a danger, you may have to kill him again. Can you do that? And we cut away before she can answer. Uh, And Angel says... I think she says, he says you... uh, He says, if he becomes a danger again. And I was like... Becomes. Uh, becomes. Becoming. Uh, so after he asks Buffy if she can do that, it cuts to Angel saying, I can't do it. And Jenny says, you have to. What else are you good for? He tells her to get away. And she is trying to entice him. She also says, sooner or later, you will drink her. Yes, uh, which I found to be a very interesting line in a show where a romance between a human and a vampire is a focal point. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, an interesting line there. It's probably something the audience has been thinking like this whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, I'll never hurt her. You were born to. Have you learned nothing as long as you're alive? And he says, then I'll die. You don't have the strength. I don't need it. I just need the sun to rise. And so he walks out through the garden and she says, you're not supposed to die. This isn't the plan. But when he's gone, she says, but it'll do. Hmm. Hmm. So that's very interesting from the perspective of maybe the first had something to do with bringing him back. Right. Because like if the Mm -hmm. because if the first wanted him back then why would it be okay for him to die? So the Why f- indeed? It seems as though the first is not uh, revealing as much as they could about Angel's coming back. So I am inclined to not believe that the first was solely responsible for getting ba- uh, Angel back to Earth. Because the first would be fine if he just died. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Giles is reading from something uh, that says a child shall be born of man and goat. Oh, actually, Buffy is reading this and Mm -hmm. have two heads and the first will speak only in riddles. (laughs) She says, no wonder you like reading this stuff. It's it's like like reading reading the the sun. sun. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And she's talking about like a tabloid, right? Hmm? The sun. What's the sun? The star that is the source of light. Okay. I don't know what that means then. It's like looking at the sun and trying to read it. It's painful. Oh. Because it hurts your eyes. Oh, I don't think that's a good joke. Oh, no, <laughs> it made complete sense I to thought me. she was comparing it to a tabloid, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't think... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what is the sun? Uh, <laughs> I thought it was like a... Anyway, <laughs> a publication of some sort. Because when you look at the sun, it hurts your eyes. I don't like that joke. 
right. <laughs> I think a joke about a tabloid would be better. Okay. So, um, Giles reads from something and says, uh, nothing shall grow above or below them. No seed shall flower, neither in man nor the rebels, and they'll never, ever be any good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he wanted to avoid saying something about sex there. <laughs> Or something. What? It, no, he's he like, just... no seed shall flower, neither in man nor. And then he closes it kind of awkwardly, and he's like, Oh, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, no, yeah. I just thought he was like, ah, I'm just gonna get to the point because it's Buffy. But then she notices the nothing shall grow or above or below, and Buffy realizes what that means. <gasps> Kermis trees. Kermis trees. She breaks back into the Christmas tree place. Kick. Kick. And she sees the dead trees. She mm-hmm. grabs an axe that's just laying on the ground. <laughs> And she chops through the very thin layer of earth to make a hole that she can drop into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I just thought that was an interesting it was like, how you know, is series of events. Supporting anybody. Yeah, right, exactly. And like someone should have noticed this anyway. Maybe the Christmas tree man is in on it. Mm. He did say he'd make a hell of a deal. And so uh, she uh, walks through, she hears the harbingers chanting and she says, 10 more minutes of chanting and then you have to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) So she knocks two of them out. Another one runs away. She ruins their like little ritual setup, and then Jenny appears to her. And there's a different amount of ruination and uh, stuff to the ritual setup. In between on which shot yes yeah. <laughs> like in one shot she's fully knocked everything off then some of it's back then it's all gone again <laughs> uh and so the first as jenny says i'm impressed uh buffy tells her you won't get angel you think you can fight me i'm not a demon little girl i'm something you can't even don't see right little girl <laughs> the first evil beyond sin beyond death i am the thing that darkness fears you'll never see me but i am everywhere every being every thought every drop of hate and then she's like all right i get it you're evil do we have to chat about it <laughs> very fun. very buffy moment uh a snarking in the face of literal evil <laughs> right. literal personified evil. and then the first says angel will be dead by sunrise your christmas will be his wake yes and, and buffy then, says no and then she's like you have no idea what you're dealing with let, let me, me guess, guess is, is it evil, evil? <laughs> that was really funny <laughs> and then jenny turns into like this weird demon apparition mm-hmm. because i guess the spell that they were casting is over or something and she says angel will be dead by sunrise she just says dead by sunrise but Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so then we have the big, the big eleven o'clock number in the episode. Mm-hmm. So Buffy it's the runs. Midnight. Yes, Buffy runs into the mansion. He's not there. She leaves through the garden looking or for him. The last midnight. Yes, that is the last midnight. Yeah. It's more like six a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she finds him overlooking the town and he's like, I bet half the kids are already awake, lying in their beds, sneaking downstairs, uh, waiting for the day. And uh, she's like, I need you to get inside. There's only a few minutes until sunrise. And he says, I can smell the sunrise. What do you think sunrise smells like? Uh, to a vampire, I think it smells like burning. <laughs> smells burning like burning. <laughs> Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Deep, what do you think the sunrise smells like? Heave, heaving breaths. <laughs> um, I was going to say something like burning. <laughs> All right. Uh, sizzle. Sizzle. Bacon. Mm. Uh, some sunny side up eggs. That's what mm. it smells like. Uh, sunny side up. Uh, 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 I've never... Uh, I've. 
we've never heard of vampires being able to smell sunrise before. You smell it? He could what be speaking it? figuratively, sunrise. I guess. Uh, so she's like, I don't have time to explain that thing that was haunting you. And he says, it wasn't haunting. It was showing me what I am. Uh, and she says, were, and he says, and ever shall be <laughs> very dramatic. Mm. Um, uh, he says he wanted to know why he was back. Now he does. She says, uh, you don't, uh, some great evil takes credit for bringing you back and you buy it and you just give up. He says that he can't do it again. He can't become a killer. She tells him to fight it. He says it's too hard. She is trying to get him inside again. He says, it told me to kill you. Uh, it told me to lose my soul in you and become a monster again. And uh, I wanted to. I want you so badly. I want to take comfort in you. And I know it'll cost me my soul. And a part of me doesn't care. So Angel's getting really down on himself because the first has really fucked him up with all his memories and shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It makes sense that Angel would be feeling this way because he has all these memories of all this fucked up shit that he did. Mm. And it really, like... And Giles and Xander being completely unable to differentiate between him with a soul and without a soul. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like Angel at this point is having that problem too, Mm -hmm. which makes more sense for him because he actually has like real vivid memories of all this stuff actually happening. Mm -hmm. And with him in his body, it's such a, so fucked up. And so uh, he says he's weak, that he's never been anything else. Oh, I I forgot to mention earlier that uh, the first told him like something about putting up a fight, but he was never much of a fighter. And I was like, finally, someone acknowledges that Angel's (laughs) bad at fighting. He's terrible at fighting. Um, So uh, he says, it's not the demon in me that needs killing Buffy. It's the man. And so she uh, fights back. You're weak. Everybody is. Everybody fails. Maybe this evil did bring you back. But if it did, it's because it needs you. And that means that you can hurt it. Uh, You have the power to do real good to make amends. Mm. Uh, She she did. Uh, So she's just pleading with him. She says, if you die now, all that you ever were was a monster. She tries to get him to come in again. He tells her she can never understand what he's done. He tells her to go. Uh, and she's like, you're not going to stay here. I won't let you. He tells her to leave. They hit each other and he knocks her to the ground. And he like grabs her while she's on the ground. He's like, uh, am I a thing worth saving? Am I a righteous man now? The world wants me gone. And Buffy is in tears at this point. She's like, what about me? I love you. I tried to make you go away. I killed you. That didn't help. I hate it. I hate that it's so hard and that you can hurt me so much. And so she's just like tearfully pleading with him. Uh, she says she wished that she wished him dead, but she doesn't and she can't. And he asks her to please just this once let him be strong. And she says, strong is fighting. It's hard and it's painful and it's every day. It's what we have to do and we can do it together. But if you're too much of a coward for it, then burn. If I can't convince you that you belong in this world, then I don't know what can. But don't expect me to watch. Er, excuse me. Don't expect me to watch or to mourn for you because. And then they notice that even though the sun should have risen by now, it's snowing in blistering hot Sunnydale. <laughs> so um, they look at the sky, there's no sun, and they look at each other and the camera pans out toward the city. All right, so this is the big scene of this episode. Uh, uh, this was... I, I hadn't seen this in a long time and it mm-hmm. uh, 
I got a little choked up a few times doing it. However, first of all, I don't think uh, we need to, Mr. Joss Whedon, uh, directly to you. I don't know if it's necessary for every strong emotion to come with hitting each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that wasn't very fun. But uh, clearly it was sort of a way for Angel to try and get Buffy to leave him alone mm-hmm. and like try to get her to see what he was seeing that he thought was the reason he needed to burst into flame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also there's the whole Buffy calling him a coward thing, which is, uh, not a very, uh, empathetic thing to say to someone who is contemplating suicide. Right. Yeah. I, there is like a lot of, there are some really great nuggets in here, like about the part about where she says, I love you so much. I tried to make, or tried to make you go away. I killed you and it didn't work. Like that's really powerful. Mm Mm-hmm. The, um, I know everything you did because you did it to me and her saying like, God, I wish I wished you dead, but I don't. And I can't like, it would be so much easier for me to hate you, but Uh I can't. And like the, the struggle of their relationship really highlighted in some of those nuggets that are, yeah, like mixed in with some of the more annoying parts. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, and then also you just really get angels just kind of been showing how tortured he is this whole episode by all these memories and all, all this stuff. And, uh, he like actually gets to put it into some words and stuff here. I do feel, go ahead. I was going to say, I do feel like though, and I mean, not like I'm a writer or anything or any, you know, whatever, even a really good critic of, anything but i just don't like the the way it ends of like the, it just starts snowing and they just stop talking and it's over well uh, i mean i i i feel like it's kind of like a cop-out thing i don't know i i mean they could have put symbolically like, i get it but yeah they could have put more of like a conversation or something in there i guess but i don't know if that would i feel like that's the kind of thing that can happen it doesn't need to happen on screen and i get no i mean like i don't think it ne- i don't know I just don't, I don't like that it just, I feel like they just, it just starts snowing and they're like, well, for me, it it's feels like, very hallmarky and like, well, yeah, I think, first of all, I think it's meant to feel that way mm-hmm. a little bit. It's like a Christmas miracle. But, um, I also just think like, if something like that had happened to you, like, I feel like I would be speechless if I were in Sunnydale in the blistering heat and it started snowing when my vampire boyfriend was about to kill himself by staying out in the sunlight. Mm. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have much to say immediately after that happened. I guess. And I actually I really like this moment because uh, first of all, this uh, this clearly is not a natural occurrence, and mm. which they highlight in the next scene when they're like... Uh, doing like a montage of everyone and the weatherman's like uh this is a historic this is the first time sunnydale's ever gotten heavy snow Mm. and stuff like that and it was blistering hot the previous day like clearly this isn't a natural occurrence so it's like was someone like trying to save angel here like buffy Mm -hmm. wasn't able to do it his feelings about this were just so strong that they had there was had to be some sort of magical intervention here from whom could that have Mm. been like i think that whole thing is very interesting and uh it's just i don't know i think this is uh that that sort of trope of the the sudden snow done in a way that i actually enjoyed Mm. i don't know i never really cared for this episode in general but um i didn't i I didn't hate it as much as i thought i would 
Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't I don't know. I just don't I just wish that there was a little bit more of a bow on it. I mean it's Christmas. I think this I think this is a good bow. I like this bow. So after uh, the snow starts up suddenly, we get a little montage with the weatherman, like I was mentioning earlier. Willow and Oz get up from her bed, I guess after having spent all night together, and they look at the snow. Faith opens up the door with Joyce, and they walk out. Giles looks through his window. (laughs) The snow almost wakes up Xander in a sleeping bag outside, and he like pulls it over his head, and then... It actually wakes him up and he like opens it and he's like, what the fuck? <clears throat> and the weatherman is saying, you shouldn't expect to see any sun at all today. And Angel and Buffy walk through the streets that are covered in shaving cream. I don't know what this fake snow is, but it looks nothing at all like a ground covered in snow. Hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah, it looks completely wild and there's like a crazy amount of snow for i mean however long it took them to walk down to right like for town (laughs) it looks first of all it looks like it's supposed to be snow that's like been run through and stuff but it wouldn't have been it's early in the morning Mm mm-hmm and also, it doesn't even look like that. <laughs> like, that's not what snow that has been, like, walked through and driven through and stuff, stuff looks like. It's also not what fresh snow looks like. And I feel like it would have been easier to make it look like fresh snow. But I don't know. Who am I? I'm not a mm-hmm. an effects person. So Angel and wa- Buffy walk through the streets. And then they look at each other. And then we cut to credits. And that is the episode. So any final thoughts? Um, I liked this episode more than I had previously remembered liking it. <laughs> I think that's just kind of the case of like putting it in context of like the broader show and like noticing more connections to previous episodes and mm-hmm. even for future episodes for some things that are laid out in this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, I, I, I mentioned earlier that like their relationship has become a lot more interesting since season two. Mm-hmm. And now I finally am seeing Angel's character start to actually become interesting. Like mm-hmm. his concept was interesting before, but I still prefer, like I wished he was just Angelus still because he was so boring. <laughs> but mm-hmm. now we actually get to see him like express some of his feelings and talk a bit and stuff like that. And I thought, I thought it was a great showing from David Boreanaz and I'm actually starting to enjoy Angel's character a little bit now. Well, yeah, it's not just him being like sad and mopey and being like, I've done terrible things. Like you see, you get examples. Uh Uh-huh. And like, he, he's not like, even before this, like he's not like super sad and mopey. He's just like, Hey, I've done bad things and that's it. And I'm, I'm soapy dark coat, king of pain. Yes. And it, there were a couple moments between him and Buffy where he was like, I don't know, kind of sweet, but that was it. We didn't get a whole lot from mm-hmm. Angel and we got a whole lot from Angel in this episode. All right. No in memoriam this time. Our only dead people were past people and that had done been done. And mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to memorialize them. Me either. So, as we go through the series, we'll give each episode a score from 1 to 10 stakes, with 10 being the best. Zach, how many stakes would you give this episode? I gave it 6.5. Oh, dear. 
6.5. Yeah, man, you really don't like this episode. I just don't. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't know. I had I went back and forth between like 6.5, 7. Damn. What did you give it? I'm giving the episode a 9. Hmm. I think the episode is great. And uh, especially for like our first real like big look into Angel's character, like even episodes that have ostensibly been about him before have just not given us a whole lot of like actual personality from him. And we actually get some here and I think it's nice and it makes me uh, actually want to root for him a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm, and I think the introduction of the first is really interesting. I just think the, the theme of forgiveness is really nice with the little B plot with Willow and Oz. Hmm. Uh, I like that Xander gets to not be a dick for once. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I just liked seeing uh, Angel have to, you know, wrestle with these visions from his past. So it's a nine from me. Mm. All right. (laughs) Uh, Who is the episode MVP for you? Uh, That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I actually hadn't thought about it yet. Uh, I wrote Buffy, I guess, question mark, sort of. (laughs) Buffy, I guess, question mark, sort of. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go with the B plot and I'm gonna say Oz. All right. Oz is my MVP. Uh, Buffy could have <laughs> handled her situation a little bit with a little bit more, uh, I don't know, uh, empathy, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, I didn't really feel like Buffy was even, like, nobody really, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. He actually at least handled his shit well. Uh-huh. And I mean, really, I mean Buffy was like distraught and begging and pleading, I guess, but still. She didn't really It was really a little bit more anything. of a dramatic situation. Uh-huh. But when yeah, she didn't even really convince Angel to do anything, just snowed. And then he's like, "Yeah, you know what? Good." <laughs> right, exactly. Which to me is unsatisfying, but I mean, I still I you have a real problem with the snow. I mm. think it's fine. Who was your MVP? All right, Buffy, I guess, question mark, sort of. (laughs) All right, I will make sure to write that down verbatim. Thanks. Did you write out question mark as as words? No. Okay. The symbol. Buffy, I guess. Sort of. Sort of. All right, Buffy, I guess, sort of, and Oz, our MVPs of this episode. So it's time for a brief queer analysis from our own Zachary Weikert. What do you got for us, Zach? Um, I wrote about how um, feeling in unwanted in the world, kind of like Angel is feeling in this episode, is definitely like a common part of the queer experience for a lot of people. Uh huh. Um, and it's you know can be bolstered by you know mobs of frothy mouthed religious people screaming that we don't belong in their world, uh, or more insidiously by people who don't really shout about it that loud, but harbor all these like anti-gay sentiments and vote in politicians and policies that ostracize us and uh, attempt to strip us of our humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, see the all the anti-trans legislation, uh, legislation that's been cropping up everywhere. Exhibit A through ZZ. Right. Um, or our dumbass local library law or library. Uh, what was it? It's not an act. I don't know. Whatever. It decreased the mills. Yeah. Anyway. Our local uh, community voted to decrease the library's millage because they had books acknowledging the existence of trans people. Yes. 
Arkansas fucking sucks, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Sure does. Um, and uh, it can feel really hopeless, you know, sometimes to fight against that. But um, I think, like, to be cheesy and draw parallels more into the plot, like Buffy said, it's really hard, but it's and it's every day. Uh, you have to do it by showing up. Uh, living our lives authentically uh, unapologetically because uh, we don't have shit to apologize for fuck those people right exactly and uh, we also do it by being active in local state and federal elections Mm -hmm. and it's not even just that angel feels like the world doesn't want him he feels like he is bad for the world Mm -hmm. and he will ruin things in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's part of it also i sort of looked at it from uh sort of a flipped perspective as though Angel was someone who maybe used to be homophobic and uh, like a terrible person in those kinds of ways and is now reformed Mm -hmm. and has to deal with like the consequences of his actions, even though now Mm -hmm. he's like a different person who sees the world in a different way. Interesting. For like an example, (laughs) I can't remember her name, but the mom on Trading Spouses, the you're not a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That lady and how like she's uh, like marching in pride parades now. Right. Like that whole sort of situation. That's what it made me think of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I think those are both uh, interesting queer reads of the episode. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, gayest moment? The gayest moment of the episode is Joyce asking if Angel's on top. <laughs> nice. It's <laughs> quality. Uh, I know that I would be asking that question as well. I think anybody would. <laughs> so, Zach, do you want to tell people where to find us now that we're done with amends? Yeah, uh, that's it for amends. Thanks for listening. You can uh, support us by leaving us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Buffy Gaze Pod. And... <laughs> You can send us an email at buffygaze at gmail.com. Leave a voice or text message at anchor.fm slash buffygaze. Please also share us with your friends. We would love it. Mm -hmm. Share us on social media. Tag us and things. This has been season three, episode 10 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Join us next week for gingerbread. Mm. (laughs) So till next time, I'm Kyle. I'm Zach. And we are your Buffy Gaze. Gaze. <laughs> Happy slaying. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Perfect. First take every time. <laughs> I'm too much. Other Christmas song. <laughs>